Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and uh, you sounded slightly bummed out when we talked a little bit earlier that uh, all the, the rain is super welcome in our neck of the woods. It's kind of boogered up the fishing a little bit. Um, It has probably, I would say... Now it's probably less the rain and more the uh, big cold front we had come through Sunday night, evening to overnight. Um, but yeah, we didn't. We we got a fair amount of rain locally. Um, I would I would guess maybe a half inch or so. Um, but there was a lot of like Western North Carolina, you know, Upper New River watershed rain i think there were a couple inches that fell up there so um whole system has pretty much been impacted um varying degrees of clarity um as you move down the the river um there's a couple pockets places we've been been able to find good conditions of fish but uh but yeah big cold front i think is kind of kind of uh tucked them in a little bit too so it's been a little challenging the last couple of days, but like you said, the rain is very welcome and it's looking like we might get another little shot over the weekend. So hopefully we kind of stay at a, at a full, you know, average seasonal to full level for, you know, at least a little while. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause I always believe it seems like I, I'm this, you know, I sort of remember this from, you know, growing up in the area, but, uh, every time I come over to your side of the mountain to go fishing, I was like, damn, it's gotta be at least 10 degrees colder over there. It is. Um, uh, that's, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, sometimes the year it's, it's, uh, it's just something that, that we deal with, you know, there are, a lot of days where, you know, the high in, uh, in Blacksburg or, um, somewhere on the new is, is 36. And I look at, you know, the cannon or Lynchburg and it's, you know, 46 and, uh, definitely, definitely adds a little, little element of, of challenge to it, but you know, that's, uh, it's not, not always bad. Yeah, and I I don't want to get in trouble for talking about covering water, but um, is this um, <laughs> is the is the colder water water going to help you you know fish uh, fewer places with higher certainty in in the future here? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean we've been I I I really you can you can kind of count on um, I I tend to think about Thanksgiving you know, three quarters of the way through the month of November to kind of get us in that realm, usually kind of low to certainly low forties, mid forties, water temps will, will certainly, um, start to concentrate them. But, um, you know, it's, it's usually sometime in there, you know, late November and, uh, and we've, we've been hanging in that range, you know, even with some, 20 degree overnights, uh, 25 degree overnights. We've been seeing, uh, you know, still low to mid forties. Um, it's been sunny the, uh, last couple of days, um, since it's got cold, but 
played last week, you know, it was in the 50s and 60s and sunny. So we're still so pretty warm. You know, it's not like we're in winter, winter yet. Um, but uh, yeah, they they certainly have have started to, to condense. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, I know we're always looking for kind of that nice kind of murky greenish water, you know, is, is this rain going to kind of help set that up with the temperatures or do we need to wait just a little bit longer? Um, it, it'll probably be a little bit longer. I mean, we've got, we've got murky water, but it's just got a little bit more brown and I think green at the moment. <laughs> um, and that, that's just, you know, tributaries here and there. And, um, the, the upper new is, is, uh, is pretty brown right now. That's just a product of not, uh, it doesn't have that buffer of a 20 mile long reservoir to, uh, to, to keep it running relatively clear. You know, I've said it before, um, but the, uh, one of the main differences, um, between the, the upper new and the lower new is just that when we get a lot of rain, um, none of the, none of the reservoirs on the upper new are big enough to not, you know, behave like just part of the river. You know, Quater Lake behaves like part of the river if you get an absolute ton of water coming through. Um, but, you know, a couple thousand cubic feet, inch or two of rain here and there, um, it'll, it'll start to push a lot of water and dirty water into the lake. But still, you know, 90, 95% of the volume of, of the lower new is just water coming out of the, the uh, lower end of Quater Lake. And that's going to be pretty clear. So. That's a, you know, mechanism that we can use to our advantage uh, when we have stuff like this happening. Yeah. And so as the, as things get colder and, you know, the fish are kind of moving to where they want to hang out for the winter, do you find them, you know, in general to be less chasey? You know, I guess it's kind of my way of asking kind of, you know, is there any kind of transition and kind of tactics that you're using or is every day different? So if you get a a sunny day and they find shallow water and they want to warm up a little bit, that's great. Um, or is it, you know, slow it down and just, you got to hang flies in their face, uh, to get them to eat. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a day to day thing. I mean, the way, uh, I mean, for example, you know, again, late last week, we still had pretty clear water. Um, water temps really haven't changed that much. Um, maybe, maybe they changed a fair bit, um, overnight last night, but, um, you know, for the last week or so, they've been in that mid, mid forties range. Um, you know, it was lower and clearer and brighter. They were certainly, you know, willing to chase a little bit, but, you know, moving a little quicker and, you know, we get that, that hammer, the cold front dropped and, um, you know, they're just not quite as excitable you know, or at least it won't be for, for a couple of days as that kind of wears off and, and, uh, and we get, you know, we get warmer and and the pressure comes down a little bit, but, um, it's just kind of a day to day thing. And, And the nice thing about knowing the river and knowing where the fish, um, are, are concentrated, um, where you should be moving fish is that it's, you're not getting much feedback you know, no, no feedback is not no feedback, you know, not moving a fish means that you're not 
you're not doing something right. Or, you know, sometimes they're just not going to follow and they're going to eat or not, you know? So it's just that, that helps to have the confidence and in, in fishing areas where you know exactly where the fish are and being able to, you know, throw something in there and if it doesn't work, you know, have the confidence to say, he he should have he should have reacted to that. Let's let's change something up and and do something different. Yeah, got it. And you know, I, it's interesting because we talked about this with uh, or I did, you didn't, uh, with Ellis uh, last time about uh, clear water tactics and musky. And I mean, do you generally? Uh-huh. Yeah, when the water's clear, do you generally try tactics that are going to try to get them to, I guess, for lack of a better word, have more of a reaction bite and eat far away from the boat so your cover doesn't get blown, or is that really not an issue? Um, you know, I mean, the, the classic fishing guide answer is it depends and it, it always does, but the, uh, you know, varies from fish to fish, attitude to attitude, you know, and pretty much, um, you know, the hotter the fish, the less they are aware of their surroundings, generally speaking. Um, and you know, all of the last month or two, I mean, I've had, Tons of fish eat within 10 feet of the boat, gin, clear water, sun, you know, the, the best thing you can do. And this, I, I think pretty much goes for all of the time. Um, and I can't remember if I said this or not before on here, but, um, I, I almost always am having people or trying to have people, um, move move their retrieve through some kind of speed progression, um, you know, throughout the retrieve. So you make cast 70, 80 foot cast, you start, you know, whatever speed you feel like you need to start at some days, you know, we're burning them right out of the gate. Um, sometimes you're kind of starting off with that, you know, sort of average pace, single hand erratic retrieve and, um, just like with all streamer fishing there, there's a lot of imagination and make believe that goes into successful musky fishing. And that's just, you know, imagining and believing that there's a fish, that there's eyes on your fly all the time. Um, particularly when it's low and clear, I like to have that thing speeding up substantially by the time it gets about halfway to the boat. And certainly, you know, hopefully moving pretty quick by the time it gets to the boat. The idea being that if, uh, you know, you make an 80 foot cast, you get 10 strips in fish, picks it up, starts following it. If it stays moving that same speed for the next 60 feet, chances are a fish will probably peel off before it gets to the boat or it'll follow to the boat and then spook off, you know, 10, 15 feet away from the boat. Cause it's just kind of looking for an excuse to, to not eat it. Um, and so if you can, if you can progressively speed that fly up, you're either, either the fish is going to reciprocate that, that level of engagement and you're going to have a hotter fish at the boat. Um, they're either going to eat it because they get jacked up enough to, to chase down and eat it, or you're going to have a hotter fish than you would otherwise by the time that fly gets to the boat, you stand a better chance of converting them there. Um, if, if they're not going to reciprocate, then they're probably not going to eat anyway. And you'll probably just leave that fish in the, in the dust, your fly and 
and you know that's that's it but it's it's worth doing um and i can i really learned that lesson one day i was fishing with the with a uh, friend of mine from east tennessee and i mean we had moved like 12 13 fish in the morning and he just he just couldn't get him to eat and i i don't think i said anything but i was just sitting there thinking like man we need to do something different and um the uh you know minute he got frustrated and and uh hopped in the rower seat um i basically started bombing casts and and doing that you know going from like relatively quick to like pretty much a burn by the time it got 50 feet you know halfway back to the boat and uh you know caught a fish on like the second cast so that that's kind of how i think about it um as things get colder that changes a little bit um I, I i tell people you can never move a fly too fast for a muskie i mean they always have the capability of I, i've caught fish on a two-hand burn in like 34 degree water um it's clear you know it, it's it they have the capability sometimes they're just not in that booth though you know real low clear and really cold water sometimes you do just kind of have to hang it in their face um and you you do stand very little chance at the boat um and that's that's where things change a little bit but i mean yeah you just kind of have to think about all those things and and have confidence in what you're doing that is going to pay off at some point uh, well, there you go. And I'll stop asking you questions because I don't want to completely uh, shake you upside down before 2024 <laughs> so I can come yeah. back and uh, get a few more uh, um, new musky secrets. But uh, this is actually our last fishing report uh, with you for the year, which is kind of amazing. And so, you know, I've uh, I've collected all the people that sent in questions, played the Google random number generator game. But uh, before I announce the winner, uh, you want to let uh, folks know kind of what you pulled together? Yeah, um, I'm going to put together a fly box of some of my, you know, kind of throughout the smallmouth season, um, kind of go to um, problem solving flies. And, uh, you know, then just some of the the uh, rod company and, and guide service stickers and, and swag and stuff. Uh, well, there you go. And I'm really excited. You know, uh, the, the person who, who has won the award is probably the, um, the most frequent question asker across all of our fishing reports on the articulate fly. And I would have to say he probably, other than me, has more articulate fly stickers than anybody else in North America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the winner is Brenner Johnson. Uh, Brenner, congratulations. Um, I would imagine within 10 to 15 minutes of this thing getting dropped, uh, later this week, um, you will see the post. I would encourage you to to reach out to Matt probably on Instagram, and uh, he will get you hooked up. And you know, as we're winding down, I know you've got a really exciting uh, first Christmas to celebrate. Um, but I also know that uh, you're always booking trips. I imagine you're probably pretty well into your smallmouth inventory at this uh, at this point. But you want to let folks know where they can find you, what you got, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, Brenner, just reach out to me however you you want to. Um, <laughs> about time that number generator um, pulled that name out of the hat. I think he'd make a good musky fisherman. Um, the uh, my 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 uh, smallmouth seasons definitely like summer is pretty much 
pretty much booked. I started booking a lot of spring stuff too. Um, but, uh, you know, I always, I always say, regardless of, of where we're going to fit it in, you know, if there's something that you're interested in, you know, learning, experiencing, getting better at, um, et, et cetera, just, just drop me a line and we can at least start talking about it, figure out where it fits into a calendar. Um, got some different things going on in 2024. Um, so calendar might look a little different than it normally would. Um, but, uh, we're, uh, still got plenty of, of springtime and, and like early summer availability. Um, so that, that stuff's going to start going though, because I'm going to, you know, start hitting my, uh, my regular folks, um, to get our, our days on the calendar. So, um, just check the website, all my contact infos on there. It's Matt Riley's And like I said, reach out however you feel best. Look forward to talking to you. Yeah. And you know, it's not just small mouth and uh, musky. You also do trout trips. And I know you've got some folks that, uh, that, that do those with you and for you. So that's another opportunity too, right? That is correct. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I, I, I do less and less of it these days, but, um, I've got a couple of guys I work with pretty closely, um, because we live in, um, at least, I mean, certainly in terms of like raw resource, um, volume, the best wild trout fishing in the state, um, and, and potentially in the Southeast discounting, well, including tailwaters, um, cause we got those too. Um, so that's something that, that, uh, that I do year round. Um, and I have a couple of folks that are in position to kind of, um, be able to cater to that year round, regardless of whether I've got, you know, 150 smallmouth trips on my docket or not. Um, so I, like, if you get my, my newsletters, it always pretty much says, you know, mountain stream dates to be determined, reach out, you know, those, uh, those are always available. Um, and we can pretty much always get you out there on that. Um, so if that's something that interests you, definitely reach out. Um, that's a very viable thing, no matter what day of the year it is. Yeah, got it. And you know, since we won't talk probably until, uh, till the middle of January, I think we should, uh, we should wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Matt. Thanks, Marvin. You too.